Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> here he comes. That's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys that carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later on, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we where disagree we're gonna on. Eat. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it is, it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. Hey, hey, what is up? Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. My name is Heath Graham, alongside my main man, Cody, the producer, man. What's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing today, Heath? Man, I'm I'm excited. Well, there's a lot to be excited there's about, a lot, man. There's a lot to be excited. We've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like too much going on, but we really don't. It really is. It's just perfectly steady. Yeah. Now, there's a few things at play that could make it out of hand quick. <laughs> Very quick. And, uh... But nevertheless, we're enjoying life, having a good time. Just got back from the full draw film tour. That was my first year to get to go. You, you, and I think you and Brandon and Matt maybe went last year. Is that who went? Yeah, uh, yeah. B went with us, Matt, and we went last year just to check it out. It's kind of one of them things. Yeah, last year was kind of a last minute deal. Yeah, I remember because we we already had something scheduled with our kids. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it was. We had something scheduled, but I think it was with the children, so we didn't get to go, or I didn't get to yeah, go. Yeah, so it was first time last year. We went down and checked out. I had a blast watching all the films, and, you know, films are something. All these film festivals, there's a lot of different ones. This is the only one I know of. There may be others that, that actually tour the country, and uh, but they've been around for a while, and so the films are something that we've talked about getting into and just for competition yeah competition i love competition makes you better and i want to do it so bad and then even (laughs) after going to this one i'm like golly i was the same way last year we gotta enter some of these things after being there and watching you know there was a lot of really good stories in there but i think we could do decent i think we could do okay we might get our bus kicked (laughs) but but that's all right i mean it's part of it well the problem is i had somebody ask us while we were there like dude why aren't you entering one of these and we're like man we want to but we at some point you got to stop to do it yeah we hadn't stopped long enough to, yeah because if we do it we want to do it right 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 and film it right and that's all going to take time and yep and it don't pay a dime <laughs> I mean, let's just get real <laughs> at the end of the day we're going to spend a lot of time for a pat on the back to say but i mean well you get the credentials of winning this festival if you win if you win it or well, I don't know that they actually. I don't know what kind of awards they have at this. Do I didn't even ask? Yeah, we should. Jade. Yeah, but the other ones like the Badlands Film Festival, um, they actually have. It's it's a really cool environment at ATA. Every yeah. Year. yeah, that was pretty cool. There's a whole. I want to talk about something else, okay? Because we're going to hear a little bit about the the film festival right. when we're in, actually in the conversation. But I want to talk about 
your truck because <laughs> I didn't get to go last year. This year, B went, um, right. and he didn't always travel with us because he either comes in later or gets there earlier or whatever, you know. Right. So he was up front. He sat up front with us, and I'll sit in the back, and I'm back there doing something on my phone. I look up, and you got like a computer screen hanging off your your. I had a new little toy. Yeah, up there, I was like, man, feeling like I was in some kind of uh, Fast and Furious film driving down the, the truck. Was a little peppier, Cody. I'm going to admit it. It was a little peppier. What what is that? What so you got? so what I had on there is a brand new GTX Performance Tuner from our crew over at Bully Dog. Oh, that's cool. And uh, you know these 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 performance tuners have been around for a long time. I've been thinking about getting one for a long time anyway. Um, honestly, just hadn't. No, just like the film festival do. I hadn't taken the time to do it. And right. Didn't really want to spend a bunch of money, but I got me one, and it is peppy. So what? So what is it? I can describe it. It's peppy. peppy. It's peppy. Can, can you, <laughs> <laughs> your voice cracked. Let it was me really be honest. Funny. <laughs> my truck will fly now. Okay. So what all does this thing do? So it's a. It's got all kinds of different preloaded tunes on it. It basically. It basically works with your computer and and creates your truck. Put your truck in a place where it can perform at its highest potential. Oh, that's cool. So it's got different modes of tuners it's got preloaded tuners for like performance for economy for towing modes but when you put that dude on performance mode <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> it adds like 103 horses to your truck so wow. it, it basically it's sweet and oh, that's it, pretty cool and it it it's a it kind of makes me feel a little teenagerish again yeah maybe it's a midlife crisis <laughs> maybe that's what i'm doing because now i'm thinking about putting a lift on my truck and, uh, and some new tires although I do, I do need some new tires maybe we need a tire sponsor <laughs> <laughs> okay so since we're talking about lifts on the truck, we drive that truck everywhere we go. Buy yeah. different trucks put a lift on. <laughs> That's the only reason I had not yet. Is the, the, the bully dog was something I could put on there that, that would benefit. Would the benefit. Long yeah. It helps with fuel, you know, economy, gas mileage, all yeah. that kind of, kind of stuff. That's really the only reason I. I've kind of left that to the Jeep. That's, yeah. That's that that rigs for fun. Yeah. The the truck the F two I got a, so I got a Ford F two fifty it's kind of my office yeah our, our office I guess yeah. it's it's the closest thing we got to it portable <laughs> office so so yeah man I got me a bully dog put on there that's awesome man it I'm is. anxious to hear about you know because now you're pulling your trailer you know you got that new trailer yeah because I think there's a tow mode in yeah there's it a too. tow mode on it and so yeah. I got a, I got a, a fourteen thousand pound trailer now where I put a mini X on there which weighs a little over twelve thousand pounds yeah and dude it just like and when you're driving it with this chip on it you're just like or this tuner you're just like want to go <laughs> it just makes you feel like a bad bully dog you know <laughs> it just makes you want to just, just get it and go huh and I think that's a man thing you yeah. know because women are like y'all are so dumb <laughs> like why do you need that yeah. the truck was fine before it was yeah. already like I think stock it's like 385 horses or something Yeah. so now it's going to push it up there pushing 500 horses <laughs> that's and, uh, awesome that's like a up there around Corvette mode. I think they're at five or six hundred stock. Who needs a Corvette when you can buy a bully dog uh, and yeah, add it to I'm your truck? About. It's a whole lot cheaper too than yeah. going buying a vet. So. That's awesome. <laughs> I want, oh, I I'm it. anxious to see if it will really change the performance pulling that Mini X all over and stuff. Yeah, we're That's gonna find cool. out. I hadn't, awesome. I hadn't went to that mode yet. <laughs> all we've done is ran to the interstate, down the interstate to the full draw film <laughs> tour and back. Oh, that's cool. But it was super easy, though. I mean, it's plug and play. Plug it in, and as long as you got Wi-Fi, it does all of its updating, and you just basically, it's all touch screen, and you put in what you want, what your engine is, all that. Pretty mean, sample for me, it's 6.7 liter. As long as you know what kind of engine you got, <laughs> and you know you're driving Ford, Chevy, Dodge, whatever, yeah. and just tell it what you're driving, and it does the rest for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
that's the that's the best kind of addition. It's, it's so easy. easy, Cody, a media guy can do it. What's <laughs> that okay? What's that okay, man? Commercial. <laughs> it's so easy, a caveman could do it. <laughs> it's so easy, a media guy could do it. That's funny. Because I ain't real smart, and I figured it out. So, <laughs> anyway, it is sweet. So you can check them out if you guys want to look into them. Bully Dogs, you can check them out at BullyDog.com. they got dealers all over the country. And I think you might, you might can actually order them online from there, too. But either way, if you want a little more pep in you, I almost said step. <laughs> if you want a little more pep in your pedal. <laughs> I feel like a bunch of one-liners today. Hey, that's going to be a great one right there. I, <laughs> a little more pep in your pedal. I, I foresee that one in a commercial someday. Bully Dog ought to take that. And run yeah. with it. That was free, free, uh, verbiage from a marketing company right there a little more pep in your pedal can you do that a little more southern please <laughs> that's a backstory to that they'll hear about it in another podcast yeah, i'm that's sure a, that's a backstory we'll tell that one <laughs> some other time i'm excited to get to this conversation though we got down there hung out with our good friend tim uh tim Ensley. he's been around the industry for a long time he actually won the badlands film festival years ago and so he actually hosts that event now and then he helps out from time to time with the full draw film tour got to hang out with jade who runs the whole thing now for full draw and him, him and his wife a really cool story yeah their whole family's on the road mm-hmm. doing this 52 wasn't it 52 50, 52 different 52 stops, stops. In a short, fairly short amount of time. Yeah, it's insane. And so it's cool hearing their story, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. So you ready to get to it? Let's do it. All right, let's listen to it. This is That Conversation in Full Draw Film Tour. We are in Conway, Arkansas. Welcome to Tour 12 Podcast. We got Tim and Jade with us here. We're at the Full Draw Film Tour. Yeah. My second year, man. Good to have you on the show, Jade. Yeah, glad to be back here in Conway. Yeah. You too, Tim. Yeah. Finally Tim. got Tim on here. We've been talking about it. We've like been talking about it for at least a year. <laughs> They've been avoiding me for a year. Whatever, dude. <laughs> well, we talked about it at the ATA show, and it's, you know how ATA is, man. It's it's a circus. It's yeah. a circus. Literally one thing after another. And so, B was like, man, we could probably knock one out down there if they wanted to before the before the film, yeah, film tours took, took off. Yeah, so we've got a few minutes, and people are going to show up. Going to start rolling in here. So this is our second year. Me, Brandon, and I came last year, and man, you've done a killer job with this thing. Oh, thank you. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how this got going for you. Yeah, you want the quick and dirty? Quick and dirty. Um, yeah, no. So some friends of mine uh, started the film tour at like Born and Raised Outdoors. They're on. There's some YouTubers nowadays, yeah. but uh, they kind of just wanted to show some friends what they had been doing, and it started locally and just kept growing and ended up in my hands. I started filming uh for television other just like i was a fish biologist for several years got oh, kind wow. of burnt out on politics and stuff involved with that wanted to do something else and always been a hunter and picked up a camera and decided was like one day i was watching some probably outdoor channel or something and it clicked is like hey i could be a cameraman <laughs> how many guys have said that <laughs> right pretty much. yes yeah pretty much and so i did it i went to some camera schools learned how to edit and got hired by a couple shows here and there and freelance mostly and and uh, submitted my own film to the full draw film tour back oh i don't know probably season three or four of it um then started just helping out with the tour here and there and became good buddies with the guys and they ended up uh, deciding to sell it and seek other opportunities uh, opportunities and i initially it wasn't i was like oh it's a kind of a bummer we'll see what happens to it and found its way into my lap and here we are three years later and 
it's running great. Awesome. And this is all you. And this is all you do now, right? Yep, pretty much full time. I do a little bit of real estate stuff on the side here and there, but this is, keeps me busy uh, 80 hours a week for the most part. Or now, how many? How many? How far is the tour go? How many? How many shows? We have 52 shows, official tour stops. Dang. Wow. You yeah. are busy. Big That's deal, a, man. He took it to another level. I mean, those guys were kind of hanging out out west, and Jade yeah. was like, uh, this thing needs to go a little farther east. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, well, everyone was always asking for it to come out that way. You're like, why aren't you guys over this way? You know, it'd be at uh, Kentucky, Florida, Pennsylvania, you know, and I just decided when I took it over to make our way out here and second year kind of hitting the Midwest and East Coast. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it's been good. Uh, 52 shows this year. It's May through end of August here. This is the last week. I just got a couple more shows, and then we got to go grab the bow and get after get, get after, after it ourselves, it. right? Yeah. yeah, you were in St. Louis last night. Yep. Here tonight, Springfield tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and then Lawrence, Kansas on the way home. Yep. Last show, Lawrence, Kansas, and then we got a 24-hour drive. Before I can start packing for the Elkwoods. <laughs> Where is home? Idaho. Lewiston, Idaho. Idaho. Yep. yep. Lewiston. North Central. Sweet. Yeah, it's a ways. So when are we going to see a full draw film tour like Jet? Wouldn't that help out? Or at least right. a, cho- a chopper? Something. <laughs> at least a like, motor coach official. <laughs> we we kind of have a, a poor man's motor coach. we got a little RV and an enclosed trailer. <laughs> we got to work on our sponsors for you. Right, we? yeah, no, exactly. Wait a minute. It's a lot better deal than it was last year because those dudes last year that were working for oh, you were sleeping yeah. in tents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Outside it's, the van. Yeah, that's a diff definite change from last year we had the van the sprinter van was sweet though um it was that was a it cool was van. sweet that was a sweet van i saw but, it, yeah uh this year we decided to bring the family on tour my tour crew uh went down in age to four years old and two years old um, <laughs> well, that so wasn't i don't know much if, different i don't to the what you well, had yeah, last I was gonna year say, they were like 18 and 19 i don't know if it, it's much more productivity <laughs> level or you know but uh yeah yeah so the the wife and i and kids are living out of the rv and hammering out shows yeah what's what's the goal for for listeners like what's the goal behind a film tour are you trying to communicate a message or yeah i mean i got into the industry or filming and television whatnot uh because i had a passion i mean for hunting for one but then uh the actual art of it right uh, it's telling a story with a camera you know I might not be the best storyteller when you're sitting around a campfire, but if you put a camera in my hands and let me work with some clips in an edit bay, I think I can tell a pretty good story. And so that's kind of how I got my passion for what we do now on the film tour and uh, just have that uh, avenue for other filmmakers um, to to share what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And hopefully that, I mean, it's they can be nobodies essentially i mean to put it simply yeah. uh anyone can uh, submit a film to us and nobody's ever heard of them and pretty soon they can be seen by you know fifteen thousand people in the summer we have big shows like 500 people come and cheer them on and whatnot yeah. so film, film festivals are awesome air tours i know i know i got to go last year tim you host the one at ata that's the first time Bad i got to go show. we've yep. talked we've talked about we have submitting one forever forever but we're so dang busy but but if my it was my first experience and i was blown away just yeah excitement. they put on a great emotion. show at badlands and yeah uh, well and here too this was last year this was our first one here mm-hmm. and tim was hosting him and it was it was really really good yeah well thank you it's we have fun doing it we get have friends that come and join us like tim and you guys now and uh yeah it's a good time other stuff we get to do i mean obviously sharing the films and stuff but we uh take our ultimately the, the stage we have a stage and we're able to 
to portray a message and so we do some fundraisers from nonprofits. like we worked with the hunt of a lifetime foundation very cool which we raised last year thirty four thousand dollars to wow. take Sweet. kids with life-threatening illnesses on hunts and yeah that uh, was just through your film tour wasn't it yep. so that was thirty four thousand dollars just through the film tour last that is year awesome. that's amazing i can't remember what it, last year it was really good here like we sold a lot of oh, stuff yeah, in no, we, lifetime here last it's, year i mean the there's a special uh film for it and it yeah. kind of Tugs at the heartstrings and uh, also at your wallet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it's produced. It's part of yeah. storytelling, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Grab that emotion. Now, Tim, you've been involved for a while too, hadn't you? Uh, this is actually like last year. I just, you know, I talked to Jade. Me and Jade had kind of known each other through the industry for a few years and just. Yeah, Tim was just like, hey, you got to come to Arkansas. And yeah. so he's like, well, so help me out. You're the reason for this, right? Uh, not really. I mean, Jade <laughs> ended up doing all the footwork, but like, uh, it was just. I kind of co- coaxed him on, you know, to try to get him out here. I mean, you think about it like, I mean, Brandon and I both rodeoed, and you know, you say it always gravitates to rodeo. Oh, but yeah. anyway, uh, Brandon and I both rodeoed. So, like, one of the things I've always said, you know, you, the rodeos around here, you can go to rodeo pretty much every night. There's, mm-hmm. there's a handful of people there to watch it. Right. But you can put on any kind of hunting event in Arkansas, and it'll yeah, pack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is a state full of people that hunt. And I don't care what their normal everyday life is or their business is. Pretty much everybody you talk to in any convenience store you go to, a restaurant, I mean, they... Some form or fashion. They hunt some form or fashion. Legal and illegal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I felt like this was like a perfect place for Jade to bring it. It is. And... And last year it was really good. This year we hope it's grown. Yeah, you know? for and, sure. And, um, and, you know, I already had people, I've been out of town for a few, really about a month, and I had people blowing my phone up, you know, about mm-hmm. the film tour already. So I think Jay's done a great job of bringing it here. And, and literally the only thing I did last year was talk him into coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. You got up there and helped me. MC. 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 The, the biggest thing for me is, or the obstacle like if you asked anyone growing up if if i would be up in front of a hundred to 600 people talking of being a, a showman if That's you will you. that they would have been like what and i would have said never and yeah and now that now I, yeah i have a pretty good bit memorized so it's it's all right but yeah and, I, and when i get up there with him like i i cut him off sometimes and like he has to start back at the beginning <laughs> back, to, back to the script it's like thanks for coming everybody Tim did, just- I, did I start it and he starts over thanks for coming <laughs> that's hilarious oh, it's good no it's really good and and the films at this thing are they're top notch we, I mean, we, for I sure. mean most of us either you know a lot of these guys or you've seen them mm-hmm. or you've seen their films or you've seen their work maybe you didn't even know you'd seen their work yeah. like jade there's a poster hanging in my office <laughs> we were talking one day and i was we were talking about a friend of ours that jade used to film film for yeah. trevin uh-huh. and uh Stoltifus, and and i said uh, trevin sent me a an autographed post a movie poster from the movie the rock yeah we did and, a- uh and Jade said, I said, I've got it hanging back here. I said, he sent it to me framed. <laughs> so he makes sure I hung it up. Well, I should have signed it when I was you there. You should have. So, so, so Jade's like, Jade, so I picked Jade up last year, picked you up at the airport, and we came by my house, and, and uh, I showed him the poster, and he's like, my name's right there. Yeah, said, I, yeah. He was it's like in the a, little credits on a he was movie one of the, poster. He was one of the executive producers. No, yeah. not executive. No, that's Trevin was the executive producer. Yeah, still, I was though. one of the main field producers, I yeah. guess, on that yeah. project. That yeah. was a, there was some stories on that one. We put a lot of effort into it. I got a kidney stone on the top of it. Oh, 
It's uh, in New Mexico on the Florida mountain range on oh. Ibex. Yeah. One of the toughest hunts you'll probably ever go on in your life, especially with a bow. Oh, for sure. With a bow, it's pretty much, I mean, what's the, per, what's That's the success rate? less than 1%. Wow. But you're going to even get a shot. Yeah. Wow. You guys were there for how many days filming? Boy, I left after like a, I think I filmed for a full week. Um, and then they kept filming another week plus, I think. Just yeah. like alternating camera guys to not wear them out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But... But yeah. yeah, that's and that's you know just kind of one of the things about the film tour is is it's, it's a mix. It's not just all western films, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a there's you know, yeah, like Lane, Lane Walters films, films in there's a mm-hmm. goat film, and mm-hmm. and then you know there's some whitetail films in there. I think Joe Sir's got a film in here this year. Oh, mm-hmm. cool, awesome. And, uh, you know, Joe's always been one of my favorite oh, yeah. videographers He's and producers. Awesome. And, yeah. and when I found out Joe had a film in it this year, I was like, man, that's just keeps yeah. on going up and, a level uh, every yeah, year. You just, you, yeah, and so you keep, you know, and the more the more whitetail stuff that Jade's adding, it's just, it just, I think it's just in, yeah, including I think that a lot was, more. That'll more. for sure help out, you know. Especially this yeah. direction. Definitely. And it, and it helps out west, too, because, I mean, I think a lot of guys out west have, have a, especially if they haven't ever come out here and hunted, they have kind of a specific ideal of what we do when we're hunting whitetails. And, it's, uh-huh. and most of the time, that that's not the general consensus. <laughs> as long as it's not based off happens. Texas. Yeah, as long, <laughs> as, you, as long as it's not based on Texas. So, um, right. But, but the fact that. You know, it's pretty much all inclusive. I mean, there's you know, there's there's women hunting on there. There's you know, you've got some some names on there you'll recognize. You've got yeah. people on there you've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's filmmakers. I mean, we have our kind of a. There's always a familiar face faces to the tour. I mean, your Jason Matt, Matt Singer's, Singer's been in it several years. Uh, Pure mm-hmm. Elevation guys out of Idaho. Um, top priority guys out of Idaho. Also, um, they're kind of they always submit. They love the tour, and then there's. I mean, we always get a handful of new people that I've never heard of or seen. And yeah. I was going to say it's a great point of entry for guys wanting, because there's so many young people Absolutely. still wanting to get into the industry yeah, somehow. It's a, that's what we say. I mean, exposure. I mean, people can throw their stuff on YouTube, but it's, I mean, you unless you have a big here. following already, you're yeah. not going to. I yeah. mean, we can get a jump start, a head start for you guys. Absolutely. You know? Take us take us through that process of submitting for people that don't know. What's the process look like to get yeah, in front we, of you guys? It's kind of, I mean, you could submit really year round. I will take a submission. Uh, there's guidelines. We don't need to get in all the specs, you know, right. but uh, the, big, the winter months is the main time. I kind of, that's when we're planning and ultimately the deadlines for submissions. And I think that it was like. Uh, February 1 or something for the final submissions and then I have a review panel well I take the first initial I think I had like 40 something submissions this last year I kind of weed it out to oh split it in half you know the ones I know are kind of not going to make it Um, I send it to a review panel and I don't want to send them 40 films to have to watch I mean Mm -hmm. people have lives as (laughs) much as they all want to watch the films but to give it a good effort I give them about 20 films to to go through and vote on they vote on them and I just tally the votes up and kind of select I mean and how many do you take this year we have nine films Um, I kind of base it right around the eight to ten just depending on the time of each film i want to keep the show under a certain amount of time and if i can fit an extra one i do if not we have to shorten it up but right is there a time limit on the films as far as the length of films um, that are submitted i like to keep them under 15 mm-hmm. um i think kind of the wheelhouse is 10 to 12 um there's some shorter ones in the show this year about four or five minute ones mm-hmm. um i think jason's is like 11 
Uh, he has a shorter one, I think. Little, yes, I knew it was shorter because um, yeah, it's yeah, there's a four and a half one, I believe. I can't remember for sure, but uh, yeah, we've had last year there was a couple 15 minute ones. Um, the show kind of went a touch long last year. I had 10 films, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, as long as you can uh keep the audience's attention with your story, not that if yeah. it's just excessive stuff going on, it doesn't like tell the next part of the story, it's kind of when I think it's too much, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And that's I, ultimately, I mean, if filmmakers or you want to know be like first question i always get what camera do i buy you know and i'm like well <laughs> the one you can afford <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly the the biggest thing is just telling a story mm -hmm. um however that story port, uh unfolds you know right. and there's a story to every hunt but some of them are better than others of course yeah yeah, yeah. and the storyteller behind it too so. yeah well one of the things that you know uh, the, the difference in in creating film is opposed to creating television is i mean i've freelanced for television shows and we've all done television and we get we end up having to be so sponsor driven when we're doing oh, television yeah. and and so you end up with like these you're basically having to hard sell you know tv for your sponsors and you, you're expected to do that and the good thing about filmmaking is one of the things about the films is you know i know like at badlands and jade is the same way like we're not even going to look at a film if they're on there like in the first five minutes or yeah. you know, they everywhere. sound like a NASCAR yeah. driver. Yeah. You know, well, you know, yeah. you know, my my bow did this this week with these arrows and this is broadhead. You know, yeah. it's perfect. You can't. We we're not looking for you that. lose integrity. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to be able to tell the story and people know what what products you're using by watching your story. Right. You know, yeah. and that's and that's the difference in the filmmaking to me and what you know and and and. There's nothing wrong with the TV part of it because you got to do it, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's what your Pays sponsors bills. expect. But on this aspect, like I know I had a buddy that submitted one of the Badlands Film Festival a few years ago, and in the first hour, like he went through every product he was using <laughs> on this. Like the first, like the first five five minutes of the film was his yeah. was his product list of all the stuff he was using, and and the rest of, and it was a good story because it was yeah. about his dad and his first bow hunt and all this stuff and it was in Kentucky and it was a velvet buck and it was a cool story mm -hmm. but just Too you much. know I told him I said man you know yeah it's not going to make it probably well and some of that probably that. goes to having the right partners too that understand what you're trying to do yeah and then you've got some that just want I think a lot of partners now like the people that just do a good job at telling a story in a film and aren't hard selling yes. they want you they want you just abuse their stuff mm -hmm. and Absolutely. look good doing it and not have to say yeah i'm shooting this bow i'm wearing this camo they just just use it and people like your stuff enough we'll get our exposure absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah they're gonna they're gonna look at you walking through the woods after an elk and if they're interested in your story they're gonna go man what is that he's shooting mm -hmm. yeah what is he what is he shooting what sides he got on that bow? Yeah. what you know that camo looks good um in that setting and you don't have to beat them over the head with it but yeah and to me that's what that's what the filmmaking's about is let the story let the story tell the story you know and and you know the same way and that's the reason why films are different lengths you know i mean mm -hmm. if shorts and if, features if it's, and if, it's four, if, if, if you got four and a half minutes and that tells your entire story tell your story in four and a half yeah, minutes yeah don't uh -huh. drag us along i've seen some guys that have had a great story up to about eight minutes and all of a sudden they start throwing like five mm -hmm. or six clips in there and you're like 
Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, why did you throw a drone clip in there? Like, did, <laughs> like you haven't had a drone clip since this thing started, and right. all of a sudden now there's a drone clip I, for no reason. I've you got, know, it's like, <laughs> I've got a drone. I have to use. I have it. to use this Spend drone today. It. You know, I've seen like the the short films for me sometimes it, it really challenges your creativity oh man if you have a ton of footage yeah we're working on a film right now and i don't know how many hours and hours and hours of footage we have and we're trying to we're trying mm-hmm. to get like eight or nine mm-hmm. minutes or something that's why you're cody the producer man you can figure that stuff out but it's challenging man to really get when you've got hours and hours of footage for me it challenged you to see how, how good it really am i can i do this in four minutes or yeah five? and i've had i've struggled myself with that as a filmmaker you you get to so attached to your project and you say you're you have 20 minutes you cut everything down initially to 20 minutes and you're like man that's awesome and then someone watches it they're like man that's way too long yeah i can't cut anything out (laughs) actually when i first submitted the film to her i i think i had something like that 12 or 20 30 minutes of i was like i can't it can't be any shorter and then so they're like we can't accept anything over 15 and so i started cutting and cutting and cutting it's like it's actually getting I could notice that the film was be, be, being better. But when I they mean, first told you that, it like killed your yeah. soul. Didn't you? Oh yeah, <laughs> it yeah. kills your soul when you first tell you that. But it's yeah. even worse if you're the one spent all the time shooting all that. Oh stuff. yeah, for sure. You're like that. That shot. Can't and that's be where cut. having a producer, another producer, uh, an editor comes in, because, you know, like me, like most of the stuff that we put together, I shot. So yeah. I'm. And now I've got a partner that sits there with me, and he goes, we need to cut no. this down. And I'm like, no, but that's so important. And when yeah. I live, I'm like, really, after I look at it, like after we cut it down, I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't that important. You know, yeah. It's just so important to me. You yeah, know, it yeah, wasn't important to anybody else because I shot it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that we do is, especially when we're, when we're, we're not only shooters, but we're, we're also sitting down, you know, behind the machine and trying to put it all together. Yeah. And, you you shot so much stuff and you know in your mind that you had a reason for shooting that mm-hmm. and you just and then it comes down to what I what are, what are I cut and yeah. Um, yeah. and it's just so much easier when you get another couple set of eyes to look at it don't yeah. you think for sure and that, a rule that I always think about or just came to mind when we were talking about is someone I don't remember who told me or I read or something but if the shot doesn't like move you along to the next part of the story, it's just like a, the next sentence in a, a book, you know, yeah. Yeah. If it's the next shot doesn't lead you it's down the you story. Mm-hmm. It's doesn't need to be in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah, support it at least, you know? Yeah. So what does the future look like for the film tour? Expanding? Uh, yeah. I mean, good where you're at right now or 50 is a lot of shows. <laughs> I was to say you're going to 60. <laughs> yeah. It's, you have to ask the wife. How, how, how James' wife's over there now. She just ducked behind the table, and she's like, "Did y'all say more?" He's yeah. wanting to expand shows. <laughs> Sixty-five or seventy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she ain't going for that. <laughs> no, we. I mean, there's definitely some holes still. Um, this is a big country, and for yeah. us to try to get a show close to someone, it's we're we're gonna add a few here more here and there and some of them will have to figure some things out but there's also we have an affiliate program um where like i mean you guys could host a show um we just have like a small fee and we do a little bit of marketing for you and right kind of like it kind of like it uh western hunting yep yep similar deal yeah just uh Yes, lots of nonprofits use it um, mm-hmm. as a second event, as a fundraiser, or gets gets get people together, like-minded indiv- individuals, oh, yeah. or 
passionate about what they do and uh yeah so that's cool there's usually a dozen or more of those every year um spread out um so if there's not an official stop near you hopefully there's a affiliate, affiliate showing, show yeah. we call it our outfitted program so Sweet. yeah last year when you were here like you you had army f had one of your yeah they had a they had a they had an event going on with the affiliate program because i remember you you were talking to them back and forth mm-hmm. before the show started. oh yeah, yeah they had some issues it yeah. might have been backcountry hunters and anglers yeah that's what it um, was it was but yeah and we also do some co-hosted shows like last night in st louis i have a buddy uh jordan brown who actually mm-hmm. was started filmmaking at outback outdoors with yep. me he works as a regional guy for the elk foundation now and we did a co-hosted show like they're local and so they can help us and we help them. That's very cool. Awesome. You know, I'm always intrigued by the this whole podcast is built around living your passion, making mm-hmm. a living, doing something you love. Both you guys have obviously done that. And uh, I'm always intrigued by how what people's point of entry into this industry is because y'all know y'all probably get it like we do. We talk to people all the time. How do I get paid oh, to hunt? Yeah. How do I get paid <laughs> to be in this industry or whatever? <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got I'm working on something, Tim. You'll like this. It's called it's a website called thelastpaidhunter.com. <laughs> oh, that'd be yeah. I'll absolutely. show you a video later. You'll love. I gotta see it. Oh, it's hilarious. But um, what what's the business side? And I don't go into details with numbers, but what's the business side been like for you? Do you have a lot of competition? Is it hard getting partners? Is it like anything else? You just got to work it. Yeah, you got to work hard for sure. It's it's definitely the business side is tough. I the the creative side is what's easy. I mean, that's how how I got in is running the camera, editing. I can put all that cool stuff together, but right. working the negotiations and building relationships with partners is definitely tough. Luckily, the film tour kind of sells itself. You know, people like right. want to be a part of it mm-hmm. um, or have for a long time. And that's most of our partners have been on board. I mean, for a long wow. time. So that's definitely, I mean, and one, I'll admit one of my weaknesses is, uh, talking to people and trying to, I mean, it's so always, it's always bring you on a podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different when you just sit down and want, want to BS. I right. mean, we should have some cold ones too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, selling it is, it's the hard part for me. Um, but, but I'm getting better and making friends in the industry, you know? So yeah. It's going good. Uh, logistics. I mean, there's a lot when you put on 50 events a year. Yeah. It gets. It's a. a and you're the road crew. Yeah, I'm the road crew, the showman, and the the guy running the ticket sales, and it can be a lot for sure. But it is. We're, I can see it. we're getting it dialed in, and yeah, it goes pretty well. Yeah. What about you, Tim? You've been around the industry a while. Yeah, it's like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, it's it's a while. Like. I basically stepped out of the rodeo arena and into this. So, you yeah. know, I can't, I, I'm definitely not going to complain about my, my two life long careers. It's been so, good. But you're sure enough living your passion, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, um, 20, 20 plus years of rodeoing for a living. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and then when I decided to retire, I didn't really know what I was going to do, you know? And, and, uh, I remember my wife, uh, she looked at me and she said, well, what are you going to do? Like, all you've ever done is be entered at rodeo somewhere. Right. And she said, you know, how you, it's not like you're going to go get a nine to five somewhere. Cause yeah. you, I mean, what are you going to put down on a resume? Yeah. And, uh, Did I you said, tell well, you he's going to get into something a little bit more I, steady? I said, I could, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
You know, I said the only thing I could really put on a resume was I could run down a rope that was 28 feet really fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing I could do. Yeah. Um, if they had anything that would work for that, I'll get. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, having that support crew though. I mean, I heard you talking about your wife. Um, when I initially like jumped in the two feet off the cliff, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to if I didn't have a wife yeah. that was like, "All right, you." you're you're gonna do this and you're gonna make it work um someone had to pay the bills why i wasn't making it work you know yeah and it yeah yeah. if anyone is trying to get into they it's tough to make money in the outdoor industry i mean yeah Yeah. and and even me like like i wandered in this industry like i literally had zero idea what i was going to do i um most of the guys that have known me for a long time and like when I quit rodeoing like I literally had no idea what I was going to do from there I just knew that I was done rodeoing Mm -hmm. and you know the only other thing I liked to do was bow hunt and that was it I only got to do that about 30 days out of the year because December was about the only time we'd quit last rodeo was the end of middle of November and then I'd get to hunt a little bit during Thanksgiving a little bit during December and then my first event was you know January 1st at Tulsa for the yeah. world's richest roping so I just I had about four weeks to hunt and I mean those four weeks man like you couldn't find me unless you was in the woods I mean because I was yeah. in I was in a tree with a bow somewhere yeah and um so that's what I told my wife I said I just I think I'm gonna try to look and see if I can find something I want to do maybe in the outdoor industry because that's the only other thing that interests me and yeah you know I was fortunate I got introduced to the right people I mean literally um yeah, it's all about walked, who you meet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I walked into ATA the first time, didn't know anybody. And, I mean, I walked in there, and I was like, holy crap, what have I walked into you're here, pretty, man? You're a pretty good extrovert, though. So it yeah, can be more challenging yeah. if you're an yeah. introvert, Yeah, right? if you're an introvert, sure. it's really it's challenging. Tough. But like, um, That's why you got to be good at running the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, the first person I really met was was Jason. Matt Zinger. Oh, yeah. He was, like, one of the first people I met at ATA that year. And That's a pretty good start. Matt Zinger, yeah. we mm-hmm. hung out, and uh, then Willie Smith you know pretty quick after that and uh, so I, I met some really cool people right off the bat and uh, didn't know what I was going to do but I bought a cam a camera from Tom Petrie when he was at Campbell Cameras I went uh, there yeah. and bought I, like, I had no Cameras. idea I didn't know how to turn it on I, like, I didn't know so I walked in the booth and Tom was the first person I met and uh he started showing me cameras, and I'm like, dude, like, I don't know anything, zero, nothing about cameras at yeah. all. And so he basically walked me through it, and uh, he sold me what I needed. And, you know, I took off to my lease in Kansas, and I filmed for 21 days by myself, first year we ever had that lease. And came back, my buddy Blaine had just graduated from film school, and we sat down on my living room floor and and uh, took I mean, I literally turned the, turned the camera on in the morning when I went when I woke up, self filming, and I turned it off when I went to bed at night. Like there was a camera rolling on everything I did from the whole day. So basically, it was like a vlog. Yeah. And I didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually no word for that at the time. Right. <laughs> and um, and he said, "Man, this stuff's kind of cool. We should put it together and submit it somewhere." So we put it together and um, in my living room floor on a laptop that he got at school. Yeah, that was so slow. It was. I mean, it took us all 24 hours just to just to upload the footage. And where did you submit it to? Badlands, the very so first, your... the very first ever Badlands Film Festival. Wow! And um, submitted it to Badlands and won the film festival. And that was and 10 years ago. Or very first one says eight years ago. Wow! Um, and um, we won the film festival, and Blaine got offered a job that night producing. 
and took it and he's been there ever since wow. so he's been field producing and editing for uh, another company here in arkansas and then i started you know yeah freelancing for some different tv shows and then started you know doing more of the content creation stuff yeah. from there and i just really enjoy that part of it and i kind of got away from there i still do some freelance <coughs> stuff you know i've done a couple deals this year um but for the most part, yeah, that's... So both of y'all's point of entry was pretty much film-based. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. interesting. Yep. Very cool. And, you know, for me, it's, it's like I'm probably the least... I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty technologically inept. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you right now, like I am, you know, I've... I've got every camera that I need, every lens that I need, and people ask me all the time. They're like, "Man, what'd you shoot that in?" And I'm like, "Dude, I spin them three buttons till it looks good, and I hit record." <laughs> Trial by I said, fire. I said, "I spin them." They said, "There's three buttons, uh, three knobs on that camera," and I said, "I spin them, it looks good. I hit record and say go." <laughs> right. And uh, and then I try to remember what I was spinning whenever I get ready for the next clip. Yeah. So it's, if I can That's keep it look, if I can keep it all looking pretty close, I'm all right. You know. Sure. Of course, now you know with the Sony's, you can you can set you know one two and three and you can oh, have yeah. all your settings so you can pretty much have everything set up so yeah. i just now i just spend the one two or three yeah. <laughs> that's wild uh, but yeah it's it, you know i'm getting the look over there yeah guys. we got so people you better you go, yeah you better go the film festival is about to kick off right, kick on, well thanks for having me on yeah here. Jared, man great we'll having you on the show tonight. we'll have fun at watching all, right. all your films man good having you sounds good guys you go take care of people <laughs> tim you gonna hang around yeah i'm gonna hang around let's i was gonna talk to you about my rodeo career yeah i want to hear about your rodeo career brandon told me a little about it <laughs> yeah, yeah it uh it is pretty much none yet. i heard i heard about your rodeo career that was a i like joking about it just to get him right he won't even let me wear a hat i'm 42 years old and b won't even let me wear a cowboy hat no well i mean some people just don't need to exactly like, I, I don't think jason aldean needs to so i mean <laughs> i agree I, I mean there's you know the only the only country singer i've ever seen i thought need to wear a cowboy hat was george Strait. So, yeah and chris ledoux those are the only two yeah, that exactly. i think earned the right to actually wear a hat and the rest of them they just take it off uh -huh. <laughs> that's, a, that's about right especially nowadays did you know changed did you, a lot did you know what's funny is like anywhere you go it's it's like it's like hunting stories you know anywhere you go you're gonna meet somebody that either got on a bull or got oh, on a bucking yeah. horse or got on, been on a bull or a barrel <laughs> now, i have been on a barrel a barrel and okay. i about broke my neck <laughs> Didn't take. It didn't take long, B. I think I'm the only one in Arkansas that hadn't been on a bull. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually got on bulls. So that was my deal when I was younger, man. Like mm -hmm. I, my dad rode bulls, and and uh, and nothing to do but I wanted to ride bulls too. And what goes through your mind when you that I want to get on something? That could just I can tell the you, mess like, I, I don't have any idea what goes through your mind at that point. Like, <laughs> it ain't ever hit me. Well, I can tell you, I was 12, so there was literally very little going through my Golly. mind at that time. But, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it was everybody that I looked up to growing up. I mean, they rode rough stock. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Of course, my dad did, so all his friends did. And yep. so, I mean, it's just what I grew up seeing. And when it's, it came time for me to be did. old enough to decide whether I wanted to do it or not do it, I mean, I of course, yeah. I'm in. That's just what you did. Well, and that's, and that's me. That's what was so weird about me. Ended up, you know, spending 20 plus years of my life making a living roping cast because like all the guys I grew up with you know around the the Steiner Rodeo companies where I kind of grew up in Texas and um, 
all those guys, Bobby Steiner's a world champion bull rider. Butch Kirby mm-hmm. was around there. I mean, he was Bobby's best friend. And, I mean, they were all world champion bull riders. So, all the people I grew up my dad was a champion bull rider. I mean, everybody I grew up with, Kenny Wilcox, mm-hmm. all those guys. I mean, those they were all bull riders. How the crap did I end up on the other end of the arena? But it's kind of funny because in the later <laughs> years, I mean, I traveled with a lot of rough style yeah, guys. I mean, that's Brad, how I met that's Tim. How, was, so, I was yeah, so y'all go way I, back. Like, I was right? traveling with some time event guys because all I had was a saddle and a rigging bag. And yeah. I'll just bounce from truck to truck to truck. Yeah. What did you say you were doing what now? <laughs> he was a road You're lizard. like speaking <laughs> Ethernet to me. Well, yeah. be like me speaking. Did I stutter to all that? No, I'm just trying to understand what in the heck you just said you did. Like I didn't have to have a truck and a trailer or anything to travel so in. Y'all so y'all jumped I around. Just, I could hitch a ride with these guys that so were we, going to the yeah. same rodeos that I was going to. So we all had know, big, big trucks and trailers and campers, mm-hmm. and we could take eight or nine guys you know, just you know all pile I mean? in there and go together split gas and you could, stuff like that but you, you said you'd not get to a rodeo and jump to somebody else's rig and go a yeah. different direction mm-hmm. yeah because that's could. weird to me why well, it just seems weird to me i mean it's not they're not i knew them <laughs> yeah well, like, although i will tell you a story i'm just trying to understand rodeo people so i will getting. tell you a story it doesn't so. matter how you get from point a to point b <laughs> no, as long it, as you get there it really don't i'll tell you a quick story like we were in it was one of the last few years i was rodeoing and we were in huntsville alabama in the, at the Longhorn Rodeo, mm-hmm. and it was there in the slack, which is the night before, you know, before the rodeo actually starts, and it's the, like the overflow of time event, guys. And uh, we'd all roped, and I mean, it was it was me and uh, two other boys that rodeoed with me. We were all in the calf roping. Well, I came out after the calf roping was over and unloaded all my, uh, unsaddled my horse and climbed up in the camper and there's a dude asleep in the <laughs> in the in the bottom bunk of the camper and I didn't know that guy like I'd never seen him before in my life and and I looked and I thought man who is that dude why is he in the camper and I got out and I went around there and I told Thad Mitchell the kid I was rodeoing with I said man there's a dude asleep in the camper <laughs> and he said uh really I said yeah he went in and he looked and he said you know who he is and I was like I don't have a clue who he is <laughs> and uh so the other guy that was with us come out, his name's Billy Hayes. He came walking around here, and I said, man, there's a dude asleep in the camper. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, he, he's a bulldogger. He said, I don't know him, but he <laughs> won't know if, if where we was headed. And and uh, told him we were headed back to Arkansas. And he said, well, he was headed to Oklahoma City. If we could drop him off at a truck stop, he'd just find a truck driver <laughs> yeah, going to Oklahoma <laughs> City. So we got that guy to the – we got him to the uh, – Protho Junction exit, and we dropped him off at that truck stop right there. And that was the last time we saw him. Yeah, I was leaving uh, Moralton, Arkansas, one afternoon, headed to Kentucky to a rodeo. Um, I, actually, I was headed to Valonia to meet up with the guy that I was going to Kentucky with. And uh, I had I had a little Nissan four-wheel drive pickup, and I had my rigging bag sitting in the passenger seat and my Bronx saddle sitting on top of that. So it, like, stuck up real high. I mean, you could see it if you were past me. I'm cruising down the interstate, and all of a sudden, this dude comes flying up beside me, honking and waving. And I'm like, what the crap is that? And he's like, motioning me to pull over and i'm like and he had a cowboy hat on and i'm like i i don't know don't know him. anyway i pulled over he goes are you going to rodeo i said yeah he goes it wouldn't happen to be in kentucky would it i said yeah i'm going to so-and-so kentucky he goes i'm in there tonight too y'all care if i ride with you (laughs) whatever come on he followed me to doug's house and we got in the truck and he rode to three rodeos with us that weekend well that's and that's what's so weird about it's like the time to be in the rough stock in like most time you know 
the the timed event guys all run together and the rough stock guys all run together but me growing up around a bunch of rough stock guys yeah i like, I, I it wasn't nothing for me to pull up and be like like justin coon you know mm-hmm. that, that, that almost won the pbr a few years ago like justin went to yeah. jillian rodeos with me and and man it was like I, I would to be honest with you like that was kind of my mentality. That's what the bull riders used to always mm-hmm. tell me. They said, like, Inslee's a calf roper with a bull rider's mentality. Because, like, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd celebrate a little bit when I kicked your butt. And yeah. I didn't mind doing it, you know. Yeah. And I'd, I'd throw my hat. And I'd, I was definitely not humble about winning. Now, I like, I, when, I got like there, when I got there, I expected to win. And I, and I thought if, you know, I had a guy told me one time, he said, man, you know, it makes people mad when you – hoop and holler when you win and I said I expected to win when I got here dude like I've been practicing my whole life for this like I didn't come here to yeah go oh gosh I just got lucky like mm-hmm. dude no I you know yeah I, I had a truck payment to make dude. Yeah. I was, when, when I when I anytime I could make that truck payment I was happy I might throw my hat they didn't know what I was throwing my hat for You're it might have been it real. might have been because I had to, you know I had a truck payment <laughs> <to make. laughs> I'm sitting here thinking this has got to be the only thing tougher than making a living in the outdoor industry has got to be rodeoing is that true or is, I mean, you say a lot of work you know a lot of world champion bull riders that don't necessarily mean they made just tons of money though does it oh no no Most back, of them didn't, especially back then back then you just i mean and that's the thing like i grew up knowing the reality of it and we grew up knowing the reality of it i mean you rodeoed because you want to be a cowboy you know yeah. and that's one of the things and that's one of the things that aggravates me a little bit now is because everybody wants to be an athlete and mm-hmm. in rodeo and 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 when they started calling cowboys athletes i thought it was a little ridiculous because like i didn't grow up wanting to be an athlete man i grew up wanting to be a cowboy i mean, well, I, mean I, that's... I mean who's gonna call kenny wilcox an athlete yeah, you know no one kidding. of the greatest bull riders that ever lived yeah and and who's gonna look at kenny on a daily yeah. basis and go man that guy was such a great athlete you know and I mean? that's kind of one of the things that got me into rodeoing and riding bucking horses was i wasn't a great athlete you know like in high school at just normal Regular sports, sports yeah. but i could ride hair off a horse yeah you know and so <laughs> i'm gonna use that in one time cody the producer man i'm gonna ride the hair off a horse yeah <laughs> well and, and, and to be honest with you it's kind of you know it's kind of like i got to film at that you know the world english um uh, sporting championships which is a world championship of sporting clays a couple weeks ago yeah you just tell me that. and and i got to hang around with some of those world champion shooters and i'm gonna tell you just the the probably outside of hanging around with some surfers that i got to hang out with some champion <laughs> surfers in california yeah probably the closest thing to cowboys mindsets probably mm-hmm. between the surfers and uh, and those shooters was uh it was just like they're I locked mean, in they're locked in i mean and that's the thing i mean it's it's a singular event i mean it's up to it's you. all on you it's all on you and that's one of the things i always told kids that would come over and want to learn is i say man don't ever think it's you against anybody else because mm-hmm. it's you against you i said if mm-hmm. you if you beat yourself you're beat yeah. So you you just got to compete against you. You got to be the best you you can be that night. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else's best them is better than yours, then it just happens that way. You know, you can't yeah. be upset. You just got to go on about your business. And But watching those shooters is the same way. It was like that that singular focus that they could get. Like one minute be standing there and talking, and the second they stepped up on that, on that block and said, pull, right. you could see that same focus that you could see in a champion cowboy. So mm-hmm. it was – it was just seeing that same mindset and i think you know that was kind of one of the same things that got me when i started bow hunting you know all the time because 
I never, I never got nervous. Yeah, shooting, shooting my bow or shooting an animal. I never got nervous. Now after I, after I'm oh, done yeah. and mm-hmm. I know it's done and I've, I've watched and I've seen him fall or I've seen him run out of the side or, man, I will shake out of that tree oh, yeah, too. because it's kind of that yeah. same adrenaline feel that I had yeah. when I was rodeoing. I think that's what gravitated me toward this mm-hmm. because that's the only thing I've ever had since rodeo that gave me that same feel because. You know, when you back up in the box to rope and you got to tie one and, you know, tie a calf in 7.6 seconds or you got to tie a calf in 8 seconds or whatever to win to win money and you're just, you're so uber focused on what, you know, each step is. And, you know, one of the things I used to always tell them guys, I'd say, what's the first thing you got to do tie a calf in 7? And, you know, those kids would always say, oh, well, you got you to gotta get your rope up fast or you got to rope him in two swings or you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, no, you got to get out from behind the barrier. Yeah, you got to not break the barrier. <laughs> if you break the barrier, that's the first thing you got to do. You got yeah. So your focus when you're in that corner should be singularly on the barrier. Oh, that's it. shouldn't be about whether you're going to put a wrap in the hood on or how fast you're going to get your rope out of your hand. It should be singularly on that. And then same thing with the bow. You know, I took that kind of same focus, and it was natural for me to have that focus for some reason. I'm not saying, you know, it was anything supernatural. It was just it was natural for me to have that focus when I see an animal come in, and I made my mind up that, you know, yeah. I'm fixing to let one fly. At that point, like, my mind straight goes to where yeah. I'm fixing to put that arrow. Mm-hmm. And I quit looking at anything else, and my focus goes straight to that. And at that point, I just, you know, you kind of got to get on cruise yeah. control autopilot mm-hmm. and it's got to happen yeah um and that's where practice, practice comes in comes whether in. you've been rodeoing or whether it's it's all repetition don't you think that mindset's kind of a little bit like that surviving in the outdoor industry too though oh man i mean it has to be that grit and grind and and just staying after it and staying focused because there's lots of days you can get unfocused and be it's, like screw this you know it is and it's hard and one of the things that you know one of the hardest parts about it was was you know it's and, and for lack of a better way to say it, I mean, you got to really pick your you got to really pick your friends around this industry. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and because you know coming from a cowboy lifestyle where if a dude that I literally could not stand, like I, I like if he walked up to my truck, like I probably wouldn't talk to him. Yeah. But if he pulled up to rodeo and he ran up to me and said, "Man, my horse is crippled. Can I ride yours?" Mm-hmm. Man, I'm gonna let him ride. I'm gonna leave anybody afoot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm gonna do whatever I can to help that dude out. He's in a bind, and he'd better well help me out if I get in a bind and I need to ride his. He would. Yeah. But you know, that's one of the, that's been one of the hardest deals for me to get through in the outdoor industry. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's mm-hmm. different. It's Everybody's like, out yeah. for themselves. The, the, the world we grew up in, yes meant yes and no meant no. Yeah. Yes don't mean yes no. all the time in the outdoor no, industry. No, it don't. <laughs> you know, and, and like I told somebody the other day, is like, you know, we've all had it. We've all had, you know, the 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 people that'll kind of clam on to you trying to use you as a stepping stone to somewhere yeah. else. And like my least favorite word in the English language is networking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you know, I had a guy, I had a guy do that. You know, he he did some film work with me, and and then he started calling around. You know, it happens to all of us. They start calling around, talking to all your sponsors, and sending them cards and oh, stuff. Yeah. And of course, if you've had a relationship with the people you've worked with for as long as we all have, yeah, you know, they picked you up know, the phone, yeah. called me immediately. You know, and I called the guy, and I said, "Man, that's really not the way to go about this." I said, "You know, I'd have helped you any way I can," but. 
you that know, ain't it, you don't go away. And he said, well, it's just networking. And I'm like, you know, back in the 1800s, you'd have got killed for networking. <laughs> That's so fun. But, yeah, I think, but uh, I love the outdoor industry, man. I mean, for, you know, there's definitely. There's more, a lot of good people. There's more good than yeah. there is. I think I was, I think you could say that as a blanket statement over the yeah. world right now. Yeah. you got to pick and choose people you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, and for all those people that are trying to get in, you know, man, go about it the right way. You know, there's people out there that will help you, but, yep. you know, and, and. You know, and that's me. I mean, that's the same way I was rodeoing. I felt like growing, you know, as I got older, I felt like it was my responsibility to teach, you know, guys mm-hmm. that were coming up that were actually yeah. trying to beat me out of my truck payment. Yeah. But it was my responsibility to help them learn how to be better because somebody did it for me. And if you don't pass it on, then then you're not, we're not doing anybody any service. We're yeah. doing an injustice to the whole deal. And I think that's the same way in this industry, you know, if, people you know i got a kid in florida that that literally has blown my phone up for the last month because he's wanting to learn how to film and he's going to get to go film an elk hunt he yeah. didn't have a camera he didn't have nothing he's trying to this learn. is his first deal and like literally i spent every night just about for a month trying to help him pick what he could afford mm-hmm. to go film this hunt and uh and he's a rodeo guy. He's a bullfighter. 19 years old, been fighting bulls all over, and he just loves to hunt. And he's like, man, I really want to do this, but he said, I, you know, I don't even know where to start. But his uncle's going to pay him to go film an elk hunt in Colorado. Oh, wow. He said, if you'll buy the camera equipment and stuff, I'll pay you to come out there and film. So he called me, and he was like, man, I don't. How do we do this? And uh, yeah. so, yeah. But you know, he went about it like like a guy ought to go about it. He called right and way. he asked questions and and uh, and you know, I think any of us are apt to help anybody. But, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but this industry as a, as a whole is 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 a lot of fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And when anytime you get to make a living doing something that you really love, and for me, you know, getting in brand and getting to be a part of. Yeah. two things that we that's what I was going to say and I, what sticks out to me about both of those and, and even for us it's never been about the money no never it's about never. doing what you love and loving every day of it you know true true statements never never been said if you uh, um, you know find something you're really passionate about figure out how to make a living at it and my granddad told me that when I was 16 years old yeah. and uh you know, I always told my wife, I said, you, I said, my granddad ruined me for you, so just know, because he told me, you know, he told me figure out a way to, you know, find something I was passionate about, figure out a way to make a living, and, yeah. and fortunately, I've had that support, you know, at home, too, so it's a, but, but yeah, I think it's the same way with this, um, but, you know, it's like, you know, another legend in the rodeo said Jim Shoulders. He said, you know, not everybody wants to gets to. That's yeah. right. And it's, I'm, I feel totally fortunate that yeah. I stumbled my stupid. You was networking, Tim. No, I wasn't really. I, you know, I, I can honestly say I didn't even know there was such a word. You know, I thought that I thought that had to do with, you know, television broadcast or something. I didn't know. But, um it literally i walked in and and was introduced to some some people right off the bat and at that point had no idea what i was going to do in this industry still at that point didn't i had no idea like i didn't know what i was going to do but you know i knew that i wanted to do something and when we made that first film like i didn't have any idea that this was where Mm -hmm. i was going no idea yeah i had no idea that you know, Blaine was going to end up with a full-time gig that he's been at for eight years. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea that I was going to be at a full-time gig I've been at for eight years pretty much, you yeah. know, and it's hard, you know. It's like every year everything changes. Oh, yeah. You want to stay loyal and you want to stay loyal to the people that have been loyal to you, but 
every year it changes. And, at the end of the day, know, you got to make that truck payment. At the end of the day, it's just like <laughs> nodding my head. I got to make my truck payment, you yeah, know. Right. And so um, at yep. the end of the day, you got to make some hard choices that, you know, when I was rodeoing, I never had to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and it's hard to make those choices, but you do, and you move on. And, you you know, if you do it in the right way, you don't burn no bridges, and you and you roll on. And yeah. Tell us real quick before we'll start wrapping this up because a lot of people's coming in, but you've been hosting the Badlands Film Festival for a little bit, and you're, you're there. I say hosting the MC. How, yeah. you want, how, you want. Yep. how did all that come about? That's turned into a big show. Yeah, so Blake Van Tussenbrook took over as the marketing director for Badlands. Uh, man, he's been there about eight eight or nine years now um and he was just looking for something to do to generate you know a little hype something about he wanted badlands to do something that that meant something really yeah. he wanted you know badlands has been around for a long time and and his idea was to put this film festival together and and, and you know have it at ata and have it an event you know for yeah. you know for not only the end but now we've got people that they're not even at ATA. They drive. We had people that drove just six hours last year just for the, just for that. And it was packed. Too. It, was it was awesome. It was packed, yeah. It was awesome. And um, so we started out that first year. We had it in a venue that was really loud and people couldn't hear the films. Uh, probably why mine won. Um, <laughs> 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 if they could have heard some of those other ones, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, they probably maybe they wouldn't have voted for mine. But, um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but uh, the first venue, we had about 350 people there. And we learned a lesson about not having the open bar right where the seating was right. because it, people were up there with that free beer and oh, they yeah. were it was loud it and was you could loud. not hear the you couldn't hear the films and um and it grew from there uh to you know I, I, i've had a film in it i haven't had a film in it every year i mean everybody thinks just because i'm part of badlands that and i've been with badlands for so long that man yeah. my films just automatically get accepted i'm just telling you like there's been there's been probably year. three years that I didn't get one didn't get one really well and it's hard it's hard for a Midwest guy to get get one in there because mm -hmm. the submission is you know the submission deadline is in December and like a lot of us are still hunting, still hunting out yeah. here and see it's over out west they've been over mm -hmm. and we're still hunting so those guys have had a month ahead of us to put a film together and just like last year you know when the submission deadline was i was on the river you right. know in arkansas mm -hmm. hunting, and uh because the rut was starting i mean yeah, that's when that's, the rut starts yeah, down absolutely. there on the river so i mean i'm not gonna miss the south arkansas rut you know for <laughs> a, a film fortunately we already had our film put together because we did it you know on some kansas stuff that we did yeah. and uh so we had a short film put together which was four and a half minutes um but one year blake just called me and he said man i really i really need help you know emceeing this deal and i think you'd be the one to do it and so you know i jumped up there. how long you been doing that emceeing it man this is this year will be six six i was years. just i'm sitting here wondering if you felt weird up there emceeing the event your film didn't make it in it, it is it is sometimes <laughs> you, you know i tell you i can tell you this i can honestly say without a shadow of a doubt the films that i turned that i've submitted that didn't make it I can tell you when I submitted them, I was pretty sure they probably weren't going to make it. Yeah. No, it was like because uh, you know the ones that the the ones that I've had that have made it, I've always felt really secure that they yeah. were they were good enough to make it. Um, but I still never know. Yeah. Um, but there again, I have that support group too of filmmakers like Jason Matzinger yeah. and Jade mm -hmm. and. and um, you know uh, Josh Moreland from Garmin. That's he's a really good filmmaker. He has film in this. He's had 
films that well he, he didn't have film in it this year but he's had films in full draw he's had films he's won you know second or third at the badlands film festival a couple times i've got that support group and like and we all really good about when i finish my film like i'll send it to jason i'll send it to josh i'll send it to my buddies that i know are going to just tell me the back. truth i yeah. want mm -hmm. the truth yeah and they do the same to me like i'm in jason's film here that's in the full the and and he sent it to me and it took me i was hunting when he sent it to me and i was like i ain't got time to watch this man like i'm hunting i was actually on the river in a wall tent and I didn't have any internet service. He sent it to me on Vimeo, and like yeah. I was like, I, I can't watch this, dude. Like, so it took me like almost a month before I pulled it up. And I watched it, and I was sitting there watching it, and my wife was watching it on my phone, and she and I went, I'm in this film. Look at there. I didn't know when Jason kept because he kept, I kept wondering why he kept texting me, going, "Have you watched that film? Have you watched that film?" And I'm like. I haven't watched it yet, but we do that. I mean, I'll send my yeah. film to Jason, and I'll say, you know what, what do you think? And he'll tell me. He he, he will up. not straight up. And, that's awesome. And uh, you know, and that's the thing about it. You, I told a guy a couple of years ago. He submitted a film, and and uh, it was his first film submission. And he sent it to me and Josh, and I did the voiceover on it for him. Excuse me, and. Um, and Josh tweaked it for him. Like he sent it to Josh first, and Josh put the music to it, and and basically tweaked his video and shortened it up down to because he sent it to us first as a feature in his 11 minutes. And man, he had some long clips in there. Like you know, he had some yeah 10, 11, 15 second clips in there that there was like nothing going on. And I'm like, man, this thing has got to be cut down. But he was a really good friend of ours, and so we we were. And it was a cool story. And um, but you had to be honest. We had to be honest with him about. It. So we cut it down to a four minute film, and I said we should cut it down to a short and, and submit it that way. So I did the voiceover for him, and Josh cut it down, and we sent it in. And I told him, I said, to be honest with you, I don't know, you know, what the submissions are for the short films. But I said, he's got a good message, but. You know, it's yeah. It's gonna be iffy. Yeah. And uh, and it didn't make it. And man, I mean, tell you, like he was so butt hurt over it. Yeah. And I told him, I said, man, you can't, you cannot, if you're gonna submit films to these places, like I'm just telling you right now, you cannot get butt hurt. Yeah. You yeah. got to just, you you got to ask, you know, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, learn from it. You got to learn from it, and you got to move on. Because yeah. I said, I can tell you right now, every film that I submitted to anything, that. And I've submitted films to Jade that didn't get in. Yeah. And any any films that I've submitted to anything, they didn't make it. Mm -hmm. I, I can just about every time tell you when I sent them in what was going to probably keep them from making it. And most of the time it was my own ego because I was there's something about that I shot that you had to have that I there. thought had to be in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, usually it was that probably that clip that was yeah. just made that Not dead right. spot. So the best thing about you know in Badlands is kind of turned into this you know juggernaut for for ata oh, like it's awesome. kind of turned into the place to be for yeah, ata yeah. and um with three thousand people there last year yes. at the event and now we're we're getting you know 80 submissions wow and um i'll and, tell you what i loved last year because it was my first one to go to with that many people there and it was a cool venue obviously we were at too mm -hmm. but you really got to feel the passion of our industry oh, come oh, yeah. time. i mean especially like when an arrow went through a white tail mm -hmm. or something and the whole crowd's like you don't see that in a theater no. just going to watch yeah. a movie yeah be quiet in there and eat your popcorn but in that deal <laughs> dude it was like people high-fiving oh yeah <laughs> well two, two years ago there was a film in there and it was on it was on a public ranch but it was elk hunt and uh uh, this lady had her 
she came to full draw on about a 400 inch bull and it was on their ranch in new mexico and he's he's bugling he's fixing to come around this cedar this way and everybody's had it happen and all of a sudden he turns and comes around the other way and she has turned around and just a cedar in between her and she draws and he steps out as close as i am to brandon which is about 10 feet he steps around that cedar and he's facing her and she's at full draw and he's literally 10 feet looking right at her and she's just standing there froze and I mean I'd have had to stick one in him right there facing me I mean I'd have just <laughs> let it fly it'd have been I'd have, I'd have had to yeah. and she this this elk finally figures out something ain't right but when he stepped out from behind that cedar nobody could see where he was coming from because the cameraman can't move because right. he set up for the elk to come around this side and all of a sudden he changes places and there's literally just about 20 feet he can't move he's just like froze so you can't see the elk going around the tree and when he steps out right there i mean that three thousand people went oh yeah. you know and she's yeah. at full draw and then he wheels and runs off now went oh yeah you know yeah um and it was just i could feel it you can feel it yeah it's like lane walters has got a film in this you know his mom you know his mom's fighting terminal cancer and one of the things she wanted to do was draw a colorado uh, goat tag yeah and she drew it and she didn't want to do it the easy way like lane said we could we could have hurt his mom's a world-class archery shot like she goes to europe and every place else and shoots these archery tournaments and wow. um and lane said his mom didn't want to do it the easy way because she was you know really sick but she wanted to hike the mountain and she wanted to climb up there and spot stalk shoot wow. it with her bow and she did it and she killed that she killed that goat right yeah. up on top of that mountain and that's uh, awesome and when you get to see stuff like that and get to experience you know the highs and lows of all that yeah. and i think i think the coolest thing about about the filmmaking process is that you know it's it's kind of everybody's ball game you're it's it's easy to sit and watch where you know you can watch a guy repetitiously on especially on a lot of tv shows oh, yeah. you sit there and you watch it's you know every time this guy climbs in the stand he kills a 170 inch buck you know yeah. and it's like and then he and he does that twice an episode so <laughs> you know that's it's got to be normal yeah that's literally not the normal you know hunting experience for most people exactly you know? so not in arkansas for sure well, huh? not yeah and you know and really not anywhere you know mm -hmm. i mean so you think about it it's I think with the filmmaking process, it gets to show, you know, we, we're allowed to do something that we're probably not allowed to do with television as much as we're allowed to show, you know, the the absolute heartbreak, you know, yeah. um, whether, you know, it's a miss or whether it's, you know, like Jade said, you know, getting a kidney stone while you're on a hunt or anything like that. You get to, you get to show all that because that's stuff everybody's experienced, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a cool part of it. And that's, that's what makes Badlands cool. That's what makes this full draw film tour cool. Is that it's a, uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's storytelling. Yeah. And and I think that to me that's. I would rather do that than anything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought I was going to say about it is it's so real. They're films, but it just ain't Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a real deal, you know? And a lot of it's rough cut. It's a lot of it, you know, and, and you know, so you can watch and you can tell the guys that are a lot better producers than oh, others. Yeah. And, and um, you know, uh, and, you know, they've got a little more cooler transitions. They've oh, yeah. got a little cooler music. And, you know, you can tell. But that's not always the one that wins. that's not always the no, one that wins. If you look up there, I mean, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's really, truly all about story. Yeah, you know, it is. You know. Yeah, and that's it is. and that's uh, 
You know, and that's how it should be. I agree. Yep. I agree. Yeah. We probably better wrap we this better up. We better wrap this up. People's piling in here. It's going to be packed out here shortly. Yeah. 30 goal. minutes before showtime. <laughs> and uh, it's been fun, Tim. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. We finally got to do it. We actually talked about rodeo. Did you do or did you go with this? I didn't have a clue what y'all was talking about. We're going to talk about my stuff next show. You get to talk about your stuff every week. Well, Brandon, man, it's been real. Brandon's probably been trying to get me on here talking about rodeo for a year. Well, you, you know it's bad when we're, we're both, not going to talk about rodeo. It's bad when we're all in Arkansas and we can't get on the podcast more than once yeah, in a I know it. every two years. I know it. I know it. We'll, we'll, make it. it. we'll make it a little more normal. So, man, it's been real. Appreciate Absolutely. it, guys. Glad you guys come on. Yep. And until uh, next time, peace out and God bless. Right. Peace. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, T-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly basis and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff we know everybody likes free stuff i'll be honest we enjoy free stuff and we want to share part of that with our listeners listen guys we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out you're not only a part of the tour you're a part of the family and we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about living our passion i am jay heath graham and i thank you for being a part of the tour 12 podcast 